This is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. A lot going on today. We told you at the beginning, uh, Cody Bellinger back uh, with the Cubs. I think the press conference is uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow or Wednesday? Tomorrow? Yeah, it's tomorrow. We're off to the Combine Wednesday night. We'll be there Thursday and Friday. Ryan Poles will meet the media tomorrow. We'll talk to Ryan Poles tomorrow. So you'll hear that interview on our show. We talked to John Shire last hour. If you missed that conversation, it will be available on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, ESPN Chicago, and also on the ESPN Chicago app. Obviously, uh, Duke with the uh, court storm at Wake Forest was uh, big, big news. And obviously, we're talking... All things Bears as they start um, uh, all the things going on at the Combine. in a big, big week as we're in the stretch drive finally for the decision time for Ryan Poles, which, which will certainly define him and his legacy in Chicago if he gets this thing right especially. Yes, yeah, it's a big moment for Bears fans for sure. Uh, let's bring in uh, Boog Shambi, who I watched a lot of, and it was great to have him back on my television as far as a marquee sports network. I've seen him do a lot of college basketball this offseason. He's doing college tonight for uh, ESPN. He's got uh, Baylor and TCU tonight, so he Uh-oh. remains a very busy man. He joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Any chance for a court storm there? Uh, I don't think so. I want to go back for a second before we get to court storming. Uh, Waddle, I got questions. Yeah, so I'm going to thunder in here and just okay, take over the let's show. Let's do this. I love it. Please do. Okay. Yeah. Combine. Yeah. This has always been a big thing for me. Ew. You ready? Yeah. Why are we running guys in their underwear in a straight line when in a game or in any actual setting, Nobody runs in a straight line in, in their, their underwear. underwear. Why don't they run on angles and with full pads and helmet on? Cause that, you can't tell me there aren't some guys that that are close in speed and one guy runs better in full pads and the other guy does not. I, and then why are we doing bench press 225? I mean, if they stopped the middle of the game and made everybody do 225 bench presses, I'd understand it. But otherwise, I don't really get it. Yeah, I wish I had a good answer for both questions, Boog. I don't. Um, I was a participant in the Underwear Olympics, as we like to call it. And sure. it, first of all, it is demeaning in a lot of ways because before you even go out and perform whatever activities they ask you to perform, they basically take pictures of you in your underwear and tell you to look forward, turn to your right, turn to your left. You feel like you're being you're being sent away yeah. and you're sure. being incarcerated Uh it is. It's just. You know what? It's part of the process, I guess. But um, but I'm surprised at the process. I, I, in all seriousness, why isn't the the process at this point? It would seem like we could come up with some stuff that would be a little more um, reflective of what happens in games yeah. and doing stuff that's a little more going to give you an idea of what you know that so that you don't get Mike Mamula or something along those lines. I just. I, I, I don't understand what the, the activities are and why they aren't a little closer to what we see on Sunday. Is this is this the thing that makes the least amount of sense to you <laughs> in any sport? Like, if you're going and making a power rankings of things that drive you crazy in sports currently, any sport, 
Is this number one, or is this just one of the things? Nah, it's just one of them. Yeah. It's just, I, got a, I get a million of them. I get a million. I, I think spot of the foul pass interference is really stupid. Uh-huh. Um, I, got a lot, I get a lot of them. I get a lot. I don't have, we, don't have enough, we don't have enough time. Do I mean, just, I feel like if you're running in your underwear in a sport where they're playing with helmets and people are launching yeah. themselves at you with, like, missiles, like, they might as well, like, have a fishing contest in the middle of the thing. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't I, – I don't know what we're doing. So, yes, I agree. No, with I get a lot. I get a lot of them. Like, I, he, here's one, and I've always brought this up to Waddle, and Waddle's always – he's always said no. And I think this is getting some more momentum uh, in baseball. In any sport down the stretch, in football, if you want the ball in the hands of Patrick Mahomes down the stretch and your best player. Right. You want the ball in Michael Jordan's hands down the stretch, LeBron James's hands. In baseball in the ninth or tenth inning, you have to wait your turn. If it's yeah. not your turn, you can't yeah. bat. So like totally. there, there's a lot of people now who want to have the golden batter. Where you the get you get batter. you get to bring up whoever you want in the ninth inning. Is he wearing those see through pants? Maybe. Maybe or golden in, pants. Or at yeah. least in the tenth at least in the tenth, yes, the order reset, something yes. like that. I'll give you another one. Yeah. That's, How about that's that one? Totally. That it's. I'm with you. Told. I mean, at least to be looked at. This is totally obvious, right? But and I know that it's been said before. But I'll tell you the thing that drives me crazy in the sport of football. We sit there and play this entire game, and then it comes down to five seconds left, and a guy comes out and performs an act to win the game by three points. That literally has nothing to do with what has taken place the other 57 minutes. He's the only guy in the field that does it. It has nothing to do with what the actual sport is, what everyone prepares to do. It's bizarre, man. It'd be like finishing the game by playing dart. You're calling a kicker a dart thrower? Is that what you're yes, doing? Yes, I am. Bro? Just did it. Just did it. Hey, how about Just did it. how about the pen? Do you believe it is overly penal, for lack of a better term? to uh to if you fumble into the end zone and out of bounds that the ball is given to the opposing team at the 20 how is do you overly f- penal is that correct yeah is that how you say yeah that? yeah that's right exactly yeah that's how we said on our show <laughs> okay fair, no yeah. good yeah. good enough you i could have said is it too severe of a penalty <laughs> but that's what we say yeah, overly this is penal. what we like say it's better. overly Thank penal you. So what do you think of the fumbling through the end zone rule? Do you think that that's too much? Little, too, too much. much. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's too much of a punishment. All right. I agree. Here's another All one. Right, we're, you, solving, we're solving. We're solving. And you, this is. I know. We we're not solving anything. We're just bitching and moaning no, about like stuff. That. This is a good well, bitch session. Yeah. And, and by being, being a frequent, uh, like I, I of course watch you guys all the time. You and Deshays. You hate the balk, or at least like some oh, yeah. of the balk rule. It's, yeah, no, totally. It's it, it's it, like enough. Like if the guy drops the ball, no one should be getting a base. He dropped the ball. Like, come on, what are we doing? I like it. That's fair. Stupid. Yeah. Is there anything anyway. else about baseball that bothers you the same way that football nonsense bothers you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the running lane thing still that's dumb was annoying. Um, yeah, there's a lot of old school stuff. Are we talking court storming? Are we going to talk yeah, court storming? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about it. What are your thoughts? I think that there are a lot of people to blame. I mean, the media is to blame because, you know, we show it all the time. Don't think for a second. It's not like the coaches and the schools uh, aren't participating in it as well because 
for every coach that wants to sit there and talk about how awful it is, I'm pretty sure that half of them have pictures of court stormings in their offices, right? <laughs> of of like big wins that they had. So like let's let's slow our roll on that one. I, I do think it is an element when you know, when kids get on the court, like this is an element of like why we can't have nice things. But I it yeah, there's there's a safety component. I have no problem if everybody said you're not allowed to storm the court anymore. Like, bummer, too bad. Can't do it. What about like controlling it, or or is that if we're trying to control it, then we know it's flawed to begin with? Um. Oh, I have a good hot take. That this, I think on, that's a good it. one that I'm going to. Um, so I'll give you one, and this is going to people are going to get furious with me, but this goes to like a little bit of sensitive. So like, look, let me be clear. I don't like people running on the field. Don't like people running on the field, but. It does annoy me a little bit that the security people think the guy running on the field gives them license to try and blow the guy's ACL out or try and give him a concussion. Like that part, I don't like. But like, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I am not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of someone blindsiding the guy. Like, get it, trespassing. But like, I don't understand why the guy who's trespassing gets assaulted. Shouldn't it be? assumed that if you go somewhere like that where you're not allowed that it, all bets are off like you whatever happens to but you intentionally to. trying to do it you think or you think that some of the security guards just are aren't athletic serious? enough to are you Wait a second, Boone. I don't it's see a... security guards going low and tackling below the knees I just don't I absolutely do they line them up they line them up no Come on. A lot of security guards can look the fool by missing rights. Right. And true. I, I think this so. A lot of guys want to make sure that they knock them down. Yeah. I've got no problem. I, I guess I'm on the other side of this conversation. If you go onto a field in a place you shouldn't be, you are right. just asking for an ass whipping. However, it's delivered to you, it's delivered to you. Because this is a significant security issue, mister. Just yeah, I don't know. Okay. Is this, where, is this where you thought it was going to go today? <laughs> Sorry. I just figured. I, I, hey, do you, think I mean, the, do you think the Bears should should keep Justin Fields or trade him and draft <laughs> Caleb Williams? God. Um, but we tr- I tried to get that answer out of Mike Talkman the other day, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't bite on it. Really? Huge. Yeah, he wouldn't do it. He's like, I trust the Bears people. Um, <clears throat> I don't know enough. I, I Like, it's so... It, 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 I know how important the quarterback is. Um, I, I don't like. Is this kid special? Like, is Caleb Williams special? What if they? What if they were convinced up there? What if Jed? You know, like let's put it in baseball terms. What if Jed was convinced this guy over here was worthy of the first overall selection? Same way with if Ryan Poles, who does this for a living, says, yep. "I'm convinced that this guy is significantly better than the guy we have and can take us somewhere." That our yeah. current quarterback can't. And I guess take. you got to do it, right? Right. I think that's kind of the that's the mentality I have personally, um, and I'm going to trust my general manager that he makes the right decision. Well, they look. The one thing is that I think we sometimes get when we're all guilty of it, but they always have more information than we do, right? Sure, they do. Yeah. So they just always do, but I, it doesn't mean they're going to be right. But 
Um, Some don't, because I, you can't tell me Ryan Pace had more information than I did <laughs> on who was on taking Mitch and, and Kevin White oh, yeah, and some other stuff. Yeah, yeah like, so, you know, fair I enough. think that there are some exceptions to that rule. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. That's fair. Talking to Boog Shambi. So, the, the, and the main reason why we wanted to have you on is, of course, the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, and it, it was great to have you back, like I said. Um, and Cody Bellinger now is back. Did the Cubs play this perfectly? Yes, they did. Yes, I would. I mean, in this particular instance, you know, Jed waited it out, waited it out, and it, it, played out exactly the way he hoped it would play out. It was very disciplined and Scott just didn't have another direction to go in. I would also say this, the one part that's always hard to part, like I think this is an outcome that Cody wanted. I think Cody wanted to come back. So I think that they were expecting to get, I don't know whether Scott really thought he was going to get $200 million, but I thought, I think at the very least he thought, you know, it was going to, there were going to be more suitors and there just weren't. But I, yeah, Jed played this absolutely perfectly. We were debating. It, uh, so does he play more first base or does he play more center field and why? No, he, so I would say he plays more center field to begin and, Bush will get the first base job, and he has to hit. Um, and then, this is my opinion. So, like, I think that what this means, what basically this means, PCA doesn't make the team. Like, definitely doesn't make the team. I mean, that's my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. So then, what it means is, Bush gets first base, and then Bellinger will play most of the time in center. And then if Bush were to struggle, say, six weeks into the season, then you look at AAA and you have two choices, at least to begin. Is Matt Mervis raking at first or is PCA raking in center? And you can pick one of those two, and whoever you pick, Cody will play the other spot. That's sort of what I, what I think is going to happen. If they have him long-term, my opinion is that Cody will play – if Cody were to – be with the Cubs for the next four years, my guess would be he would play center this year and first the rest of the time. That's what I think the sort of the arc of what his time would be. I, th- I think that the defense is, is very good in the outfield. It's not as good as it was, um, but still good. I, so I would say for this year, right now, it's going to be more center. So you don't think PCA can force the issue by having a good spring? No. Not right now. I, don't, I just don't. I think that at this point, look, they traded for Bush too. So I, I and and Carter basically said on the air the other day, it's it's Bush's job at first base. So I think that for for now, I would say, you know, they're they're look, he he's proven what he can do at AAA. Bush has, you know what I mean? He's basically a thirty home run guy. So they're going to give him the shot there. So I, I think that, and then I think that they like Pete to go down, hit, get some confidence. I think there's an element of it where it's kind of like you do what you did with Morrell last year, and then on May 9th or whatever, you know, where's where is PCA? Because I mean, again, he's 21. You know what I mean? So no, I don't think. I mean, again, could be wrong, but I, I don't think that there's much he can do 
to force the issue. And, the, and they're not going to want him to make the team and not play. Uh, Boog, is your expectation that Morrell will start at third and that they will yes. give him a ton of time there? Yes, that's what I that's what I think. And then he just has to show that he, you know, it's basically the plus minus of, you know, he has to show he can catch it at third, but really more than anything, what's the net result of defense versus offense? Is he out hitting his defense? I think it's, you know, the, the decision that, that Craig Council will make and, you know, Jed Hoyer and Carter will make. And there will be more patience with him in the lineup to work through some mistakes and maybe with the previous manager. Yeah, I mean, I think that the one thing is he's going to get time and, um, and I mean, one of the first things Craig Council said was he's got to be in the lineup every day. So whether it's third base or DH, um, he's playing. So he knows he's here and he's playing and he's going to be hitting in a big spot in the lineup would be my guess. So, and I think he's going to get a lot of latitude at third base. Yeah. So how much better do you think the Cubs are this year? Um, then last year? Yes. Are you making me pick a win total right now? Is that what's taking place? <laughs> you don't like to be clear? No, if you want to quantify it like in some other way, you can. Um, I mean, right now, I would say they are probably, I think that they're in line maybe slightly better than last year. So do you, do you think they, would you like to see them add another piece? Um, sure, but I'd like to see him do it responsibly because, I again, I think the thing that's so hard for fans, media, and the team is this. When you're trying to figure out how many games they're going to win, they have so much young talent that's at A and above. So, like, Ben Brown's not going to make the team, but he's going to pitch innings, and I think that they think he's going to impact this team. Kate Horton's probably not going to throw a pitch in big league spring training. And I think that they think he's going to throw big league innings. The hope is and impact this team. You know, Matt Shaw, I don't know whether they expect him this year. And obviously there's a a space issue and it would likely be a third base for him. Alcantara, PCA. So like the way that an 84, 85 win team goes to an 88 win team is one or two of these young guys puts in a, you know, a two and a half, wins above replacement season to put it in dorky terms but and they and there's because they have so many of those guys um it's just a matter of like which of them are going to hit it's also the path of how they end up going from good to great so you know in the end all those young guys you know who becomes who pops and then when they do the thing you have to remember is they're doing it for $700,000 or for the league minimum which gives you cost efficiency and it gives you latitude to spend your money someplace else so for where the division is right now i mean i'm fine look if they could stay under the payroll tax and they're interested in matt chapman and then it's you know on on basically a smaller version of what bellinger just signed and then they end up putting morell at dh most of the time i'm fine with that I mean, that, that'd be awesome. But I, I would say right now, um, in this division, I would say you, 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 they're right in it. 
in this division. Like, they're right in the middle of it. Uh, The Brewers won the division 92 games last year. It's not going to take 92 games to win this division this year, is it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Boo, great stuff. Thanks for taking time. Great to have you back on baseball. Love you guys. Love you back. Me too. Yep. There's uh, Boog Chiambi. We love him. He is uh, great at what he does. I do. I agree with you 100%. I love him. I think he's he's fantastic. I do disagree with him about how you handle people that run onto the field. I think if you oh, run onto you the do. field. You made that clear. Yeah. I think, you you run onto that the, clear. I think if you run onto the field, you know what? You get what's coming your way. You tee him up. Yes. Your butt kiss. And in most instances, you're not going to take out a guy's ACL. Most of the guys that are in, instructed to bring these guys down aren't going low. Didn't Butkus do that to oh, somebody? Yeah. yeah. You and you enjoyed the Chelios Butkus story. Didn't I know you? it was it was my favorite part of the whole thing. And it was great. It was fifty minutes of just I sat in front of my computer and watched it and smiled a ton, but that was my favorite Let's part. Let's play that now because it will it will be a good transition to when we talk to Chelly coming up here at five thirty. He is a jersey number retired yesterday at the United Center. Word is that the party the night before was fantastic. Eddie Vedder played. Um I think the party Last night was probably pretty good as well. It was, yeah. It seemed pretty good. Um, so this was Charlie telling the Butkus story. Like he grew up idolizing Dick Butkus as a, as a kid here in in Chicago. So this was Charlie. The most unique thing here for me, thinking about this, and when I first found out that I was going to get my jersey retired, that I'm only one of two Chicago-born athletes to have their jersey retired in their hometown. And it just so happened that he was one of my childhood heroes, Dick Buckus. He was the epitome of the south side of Chicago. Big, mean, tough. And they say, be careful, you beat your heroes. Sometimes you're disappointed, but he didn't disappoint. I've known Dick for 20 years and his wife Helen and their kids. Um, just an amazing person, and I was honored to be a friend to him. And this is a crazy story that happened just this morning. You're going to think I'm not telling the truth. I'm known for taking that sauna, right? They used to take saunas all the time. So this morning I go take my sauna at Red Square, the Russian bathhouse over on Division Street. And as I'm checking in, there's these two big guys standing at the front desk. And there's no word alive. One of them turns around and I was, look, I was looking at a ghost. And I kind of looked at my eyes. I'm thinking my heart just dropped. And the other kid turns around. He's even bigger. It's Dick Butkus' nephews, Luke and Zach Butkus. So that's not a sign from Dick. I don't know what is. That's crazy. How great so is that? Good. Isn't that? Just the fact that Chelly makes a reference to a Russian bathhouse yes. in the retirement of his jersey just had me just smiling from ear to ear. So he's so good. He's known for the sauna yes. flight to recover from his hangover. Well, uh, and like drinking the night before. He ride a stationary bike in the sauna in as the well. Sauna. Which is what I think that he became most famous for. But. I got to tell you, I enjoyed, I, I didn't see it live because I was traveling. I came home this morning and I, I, I put it on. And I watched all 50 plus minutes. It was so good to, to you know, see Pat Foley yeah, being the, the host of it all. Too. Yeah, of course he does. And it was just, it was fun. And, and it Miss just, him. I thought it was great. I thought the, you know, the Hawks are struggling on a lot of fronts right now, but I thought they did a fantastic job honoring one of their greats. Miss Eddie, too. Eddie yeah, got a shout out yes. yesterday. Um, Kelly remembers where he came from. You know, oh, I mean, that yeah. was quite obvious for from the start of his speech to the end of his speech. That humble guy who, you know, recognizes those that helped him get to where he got to um, and, you know, appreciates the guys that were part of his his sports life. So it's really cool. All right. So we'll talk to uh, Chris Chelios coming up next. Follow. 
Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Great party yesterday at the uh, United Center. You know, I've got to give a shout-out, too, to Pep Boyle. Him and John Scott did a great job uh, yesterday. They were on very early because... Long day for PB. Yeah, but, like, a great day. And it, it actually was a very, very good game, you know. And um, I, I thought it was great that even though the Hawks lost, that Patrick Kane would get the game winner. It was one of those where you didn't mind... Yeah. Kaner actually like putting... If they're, if they're going to lose, like... Yeah. It, if Kane's going to score the game winner, they suck anyway. Well, you no, know, in, in his return to the United Center, yeah. where he got a great ovation... Yeah, that was I, a huge... And that's the thing is, for the Hawks, they still retain the top spot in the draft lottery with that loss, so it actually helps them. You know, they've had the 25% sure, chance if yes, they yes. have the worst record. I'm, I'm not surprised that Kaner received the reception that he did, but I was great. it was great to see it. Sometimes you don't get that from, you know, a fan base. They don't appreciate stuff, but it just, I, the whole thing was, you know, it felt right, I guess is the best way to describe it. It felt yeah, right. Uh-huh. Whereas what the, what the, the, the Bulls kind of yes, did right. a short time ago felt all wrong. This one felt all right. Did you see the... So Seabrook, this is going to be interesting to see what happens with Seabrook. Mallor, what do you think is going to happen with Seabrook? Is he going to get seven retired for him too? Well, they, like, the Cubs, for instance, I know that sounds weird when I say it, but the Cubs have 31 retired for both Fergie and Maddox. Yes. And Maddox is similar to Chelios because Maddox, his best years were with Atlanta. But he was great with the Cubs, too. He won his Cy Young with the Cubs. But his best years were with Atlanta. Charlie actually ended up playing more games in Detroit right. and won a couple cups with Detroit, didn't he? He did. I would argue, though, as a player, he had his best run in Chicago. So that's where it differs a little bit. But you're right. He had more success in Detroit than he did in but Chicago. But Seabrook won three cups and was one of the, the leaders on that team and had some big goals in those playoff games. Oh, there's no doubt about it. The question is, how many are they going to be willing to retire? Because Kane and Taves are no doubters. Their their numbers are going up in the rafters. Keith has got to be. Duncan Keith as well. But it's hard to separate if you're... And Hosa already has his. Right. So, you know, how well, are you going to... Seven's gonna, already retired. I was going to say, the, doesn't what's that, the harm? No, no, you're right. Like, it a little easier? I, yeah, I, I think it does make it easier to just go ahead and add him to the mix. I thought this... And I thought this was a great moment. I thought... Again, what Chelly did yesterday, we already played the Kane stuff. To to point out Kane on the bench there and, and all the, because of the connection to the wings, and I, I don't know if it was another team, if they would be out there too, but especially because it was the wings, they were all out there honoring Chelly. Um, I think that's also because of the sport, and the hockey is yeah. just different than other sports. How about, yeah, Gretzky and Messier oh, in the house. It was. It, it really was like an award ceremony where it was just the who's who. Uh, like, and I want to play the Rodman thing in a minute, but here's Chelly on Seabrook. So Seabrook is sitting with it's Sharp, Keith, Seabrook, Hosa, and Hosa. Yeah. Like, and that's great to see. Like, you see, here are some of the top players from 
that run from 10, 13, 15, and they're all sitting together. And then again, you know about the number, and he saved Seabrook for last when he acknowledged all four of those guys sitting in the box. I'll never forget the day Brett Seabrook called me and asked if he could wear my number. So I'm thinking to myself, geez, I don't know this kid, but what the hell? I'll let him wear it. And I'm glad I did. What a career Seabs had leading that team to three Stanley Cups. He did it all, Seabs. I couldn't have been prouder. Big hits, big goals, making plays. One hit that comes to mind, which I think turned the series around, is when he absolutely crushed Bacchus and put him in La La Land. And in closing on Seabs, he made one more call about three, four weeks ago, asking for tickets to Taylor Swift for his wife and his kids. As if I didn't have enough on my plate, Seabs, but thanks, love you. That, that's the essence of and putting if, someone on blast. Yeah, and well, and if anybody anybody could get that done, it would be Chelly as well. That's what I mean. Tickets like, to, to Taylor Swift. For, he's, he's the ultimate party planner. Yeah, you call him for everything. He's yeah. the ultimate fixer. Such a great picture as well. I saw. I think that David Flom tweeted out or, or put out on social media. I believe it was Kenny Chesney, Cindy Crawford, Cindy Crawford's husband, uh, Eddie Vedder, and Chelly in the picture. Like, that's a who's who. It's a who's who. He, like, again, he brings everyone together. Unbelievable. Um, uh, and then, so here's the Rodman thing, too. And, like, he's just, he's going around. Like, it, it, it really was like if you were sitting in Chicago Cut and you had a more intimate room and you're going, okay, sitting in the corner over there, sitting in the corner over here. This is a, the United Center with 22,000 people. And he's pointing out people yeah. in the entire building and he's shouting them out. We talk about the Bulls. Lastly, there's another element that came in, which gave this team, I'd just say, a little more character on the court and off the court. And he's here to support me today also. His name's Dennis Rodman. Thank you, Dennis. I still love you, Dennis. So great. The best story. Well, I mean, there were a ton of great stories, but also that Dennis Rodman was the one that introduced him to Eddie Vedder. Yes. I had no idea. Yeah. That, that was. The yeah. Case. And then and then again, like uh, I said earlier, too, that his relationship with Michael and Michael's relationship with Tim Grover. Yeah. So it's legendary that the, the, the workouts that Michael would have before games, Michael would have on his off days with his own personal trainer is what introduced Chris Chelios to his own personal right. trainer. What is it? T.R. Goodman? Is I that his so. name? I think so. Um, great mustache, too. Very good mustache. And and that's how he then got on the kick in, I think, 93 or 94, 95, somewhere in like the mid-90s to, to get healthier and to be more committed. And it's how he ended up playing 26 years in the NHL. It's unbelievable. I didn't know that story. 48? He retired age 48? It's incredible. That is, I mean, what was it? It was it. Did he say he tied Gordy Howe for the you know the, the playing to the latest age? It's just un, it is. It's it's truly unbelievable. Uh, a- Anthony and Bolingbrook, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Anthony? Hey guys, so I called in earlier to cap and hoodie. Uh, I was there at that game last night, and it was fantastic. So much class from the whole organization what they did for Chelios, and then Patrick Kane. 
he had to do three laps around the ice because we wouldn't stop cheering for him. Uh, so that was great. The whole night was fantastic. Uh, yeah, everyone and their mother was there. Theo Epstein was there. Mm-hmm. Cindy Crawford was there. Mark Messier, Gretzky, everyone, it seemed like. Um, so overall, just fantastic night. Great experience. They even did like a panel before the game. Ed Belfort was on there. Jeremy, Jeremy Roenick was on there. Uh, a, a couple other guys as led by Pat Foley. And, uh, it's just a great experience. I, I would have loved to relive that night. Uh, it was so great, so classy by the organization. Anthony, thank you. I loved those mid-90s. Those, of course, in the early 90s, they went to the Cup. They lost to, to Pittsburgh in, in the Cup. Um, but like even in those mid ninety years when they acquired Amonti to add with Ronick, who they grew up together, they were so close. They were like a player away with competing with Colorado and Detroit. And instead of adding, Wurtz never went over the top to add with with Suter and Chelios and and Ronick and Amonti. Although yeah, Larmer was gone. gone. By That's that. when they yeah. brought in Amonti. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they, they were so close. Probert was added to the mix then. Like, they were, they were so close. They were in that class. They just weren't as good as, as, as Colorado and Detroit. And they would be in these series with them where they would lose in six. And if they could just make that one move to get them over the top. But instead of going for it, he ended up trading Ronick. Mm. And then ultimately... They started getting worse and worse and worse. I just hope all of the local franchises took a, a, a note as to how to honor one of your greats and the celebration. And again, you're right. Chelly does a lot of it just because he is, you know, friends with so many people and so beloved in so many different circles. But the Blackhawks deserve a ton of credit for how they handled this situation and how they put this thing together and, and how it all went off. And, and you don't see that with a lot of professional franchises at times, especially in this town. Yeah. But it's asinine that Dennis Rodman was there yesterday, and a month ago yes. he was not at the Bulls Ring of Honor ceremony. Well, do you know his story was supposedly that that snow. Remember, yeah, that was the, the only night That's we had true. snow. That's true. That I, he, he got, his plane was, he could not get in. I think my residual annoyances from the fact that Jordan wasn't at the Bulls Ring of Honor well, ceremony. And, and Jeff, maybe it's not fair. Correct. But you're going to you're going to compare that event with this event, of course, and it, it it's just going to leave Bulls fans even more frustrated. Well, what's even worse is like ten years ago, whenever the twenty, I, I forget if it was twenty five. Got to do the math in my head. Whenever the 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 first anniversary for the first Bulls championship team was, the Bulls did that not too long ago, and they had the entire team out there. They had Michael, they had Scotty, they had Pax, they had Horace, they had everybody. They were all lined up. I think they played the Utah Jazz that game, and they did it well. But now, with everything that's happened, by the way, um, Mark, who is called in, who lives in Australia, yes, um, he was tweeting, and I retweeted him. I heard that it was a different presentation than what some had anticipated. Yes, he, he went to the No Bull Tour. And said that all the stuff that it was going to be ripping of Michael, ripping of the documentary, that it was more about Scotty, Horace, and Luke just telling their basketball stories. Good. And I applaud them for that. 
thank you for that. Like, it shouldn't be the airing of the dirty laundry. And it was more to promote the Australian Basketball League and and that the Bulls still sell. And that was a good thing. And and that, uh, like, it was false advertising in a way, but in a good way. That they they didn't do bad stuff about Mike. Well, I think based on how things have been handled and how things have gone recently, you just generally expect the worst. Yes. Instead yeah. of expecting the best. Yeah. But I just thought, again, I said it a bunch. I, I continue to repeat it. I think that the Blackhawks did a wonderful job honoring Chelly last year. It was great. All right. Uh, let's do uh, Aki's A-list. And then coming up, the good, the bad, the dirty. It's 6 o'clock. It's all coming up next. It's time for Aki's A-list. From the mind of the man who understands the four Ps of Waddle's world. Aki's A-list. A-list. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. All right, Tyler, what do you got for us today? All right, interesting note from NFL Network insider Steve Weish on his podcast earlier where he said that he doesn't see Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot making a trade for Justin Fields. Now, it is worth noting that Steve Weish has a very strong relationship with Terry Fontenot, the Falcons GM. I ask you guys, there's all been all this smoke about when will we see the, the, the trade for Justin Fields. Is this the week where we get the report coming from a rap or a Schefter that the Bears have indeed dealt Justin Fields? Well, you can't announce it till what? Tomorrow would be two weeks from Thursday, right? Or whatever the first... You're, but you can announce a trade in you, principle, right? Like you the can, report would be broken. But the report, right. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, the it can't be. News. It yeah. can't be officially done. Right. The paperwork has to be filed, physical stuff like that. But yes, yeah, someone can report. Look, the Bears have a deal in principle. Yeah. I don't think a deal could be locked out. But a, I think that I think what we've heard is framework can be done. Yeah, like uh, they, they could. Uh, we could. We could get down to nitty gritty a framework of a deal. And I think that's what, uh, I, yeah, I think he wants to zero in on, on focusing on, on the quarterback that he wants. And I'm talking about to draft. Right. I, again, I, I think, that, I think that, that you don't want to be left without a seat you know, to sit in. Here. Yes, right. Like, I, I'm, I'm... Musical chair. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be careful thinking that you can let this play out and just be overly patient. And then ultimately, I don't know what you're going to be left with. And I, and I wonder how, how it, it, the, the dynamics of the $30 million added to the salary cap is going to factor into how they do things. But look, I, I mean, with regard to it's been the Falcons, right? I don't know. Has there been a shift in favorites? Because just it was checked. the Steelers... And then it went to the Falcons. I just checked. It's still the Falcons at minus 120, I believe, was the number. Followed by the Bears, which the Bears were way down for, like, last week. Um, and then followed by the Steelers. Is, is that the Peter King factor being uh, potentially? Fact- yeah. Potentially. I mean, ooh, the Peter factor. The Peter factor. The Peter principle, Mallor. Uh, look, I would also say Terry Fontenot had an opportunity to draft Justin Fields four years ago, right? And they drafted. Yeah, but that was before Ryan Pace got involved in their front office. That's true. Do you think that Terry Fano can be persuaded by Ryan Pace? Well, he is there. I mean, haven't they become Bear South? Yeah, I think they have. 
How's I, that working out for them? Yeah. <laughs> Arthur Smith got fired. I don't know what, uh, listen, I don't know what direction this is all going, but I think it's interesting. Uh, look, as, as Tyler said, uh, Steve Weiss is, is very close with Terry Fontenot, so you would think that he's got good deal of intel. All right, the offseason, there was a lot of stress relief for Cubs fans after they signed Cody Bellinger in the week. Did you take care of the business? Why'd you go to the men's room? Give yourself the business. What is stress relief? What what does that mean? Tyler did break the news to me very late, uh, early Sunday morning. Like, we got a 150 text. Was he very breathy when he announced it to you? No, he he, he he put it in the group. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. How did you know so early in the morning? I get the passing tweet notifications. Wait, wait, I thought, I thought Passon had it at like seven something. No, no, he had it at like one in the morning. Oh, that was one in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa had it before everybody. Yeah, Lisa, right. well, Lisa was right. So who was this? She said that she heard it from a friend, but she, couldn't get it confirmed. Right. Well, so she is just a Cubs fan who replied, I believe, to an obvious shirts tweet. Yes, that said, "Hey, I've been." Was, was she in California or in uh, Arizona? Arizona, Arizona. Yeah, she was in Arizona and said, "Hey, I've been hearing things that the Cubs have signed Cody Bellinger, but I haven't seen any of these reports confirmed." And then Passon even credited her too. Yeah. He tweeted out, "Lisa was right. She's a new Wetbot, isn't she?" Exactly. Yeah. Wetbot twenty three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that reference is to the White Sox story, right? What, what the, deal was that? that was for the Quintana, the Quintana, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> how many teams? Have truly had a better offseason than the Cubs this offseason? Well, the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The Yankees. Yeah, they got Soto. But I think that's where the list ends. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of action, was there? There's still plenty to go. I mean, he's just the first of the quote unquote Boris Four that has been, the, which, by the way, is one of the most hilarious <laughs> nicknames for a group of, like, the worst superhero group of all time. The Boris the Four. The Boris Four. Um, but he is the first of those dominoes to fall. There's still three big names out there to be had. Like, who else is in the the conversation? For, like, a good offseason? Yeah. The Braves traded for Chris Sale, and they... And they're still really good. Yeah, they added someone to us. Like, uh, oh, they made a couple of trades with the White Sox. Um and the Baltimore Orioles got Corbin Burns. Yes, That's true. That's yes. a good move for them. And the Astros added Josh Hader, and they were already really good too. Yeah. So look, I I'd put all them ahead, and, and because all of them ahead. Well, just because two their starting point, like they they didn't have to do as much, and they they still made pretty pretty important moves for them. If Chris Sale is healthy for the Braves, I know it's yeah. an if that that that's outstanding. And again, Corbin Burns for Baltimore in that division. It's a great ad for them. Yeah, they got a legit frontline starter for a team that won 101 games last Miller, year. Miller, tell me about my Reds. I know they ended at Candelario. I think the Reds are the Cubs' biggest threat in the division because of the Burns trade. The Brewers no longer have him, and we know that Craig Council is the difference maker for the Brewers, so he's gone now <laughs> right. on the Cubs. I guess you got to add Council into the mix, too, right? Council, yeah. Shota, uh, Naris. Naris. And, and then, then the trade with the Dodgers. What right? are the Cardinals doing? They're signing former uh, oh, just Carpenters. They, they are assembling the world's oldest rotation. I think everybody's like, oh, uh, they're, all their slim, starting right? pitchers are like over the age of like 34. And most of them are 35 or 36. How many Carpenters do they have now? 
Mm, carpenters. Didn't they add Brandon Carpenter too? Who is? Oh, Matt. 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 No, but I thought they had it. Did I? Uh, Who's Brandon? I don't know. You might Brandon. be right. I just don't from, know who he the, is. Who is the giant shortstop? Brandon Crawford. Brandon. Oh, that's Crawford, not yeah, yeah, Carpenter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking? That's, that's Crawford. Right. Did they add Brandon Crawford too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's over the age of thirty-five, well, so, so he fits right in. into there. Yeah. Come on down. That was their was plan. Walk Carpenter. in with your AARP card, and I'm, you can. I will say the Reds with their young talent, Waddle, they are probably the scariest team in the division for the What's Cubs. What's it going to take to win the but NL Central? You need Central. some pitching, bro. Of course, that's why I the mean, trade for Cease was important. <laughs> that it never happened because your guys wanted too much. Is Jose Rijo coming back to pitch for you, I boys? Hope so Mario Soto, I think, is lined up to start like twenty-four games. Yeah, Tom Browning. Tom Browning take, da- died this offseason. <laughs> Soto was quite emotional, wasn't he? An emotional pitcher. I don't think so. I think he no. was kind of more relaxed. There was okay. somebody that you're thinking about, and I forget his name, that you're 100% correct about. Rob was fiery. Rob no, Dibble. no, 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 no. Jose Rios. Uh, Maybe Jose that Rios. Was, yes, yeah. he was very emotional. Yeah. yeah, Tom Browning died this offseason, Mallor, so he's I'm not sorry, gonna I, don't, I don't have my, my Reds obituaries on the uh, push notification oh, like, like, like Tyler does. I think you resident baseball guy would have known that. Perfect game, right? I remember, yes. Sat up on the, uh, made, you know, yeah. on the bleachers. Setting up there, sit up there. Yeah. the bleachers on the rooftops yeah. before they were even a thing back in the late 80s. So the answer to your question is the Cubs have had a pretty good uh, offseason compared to the rest of their MLB brethren. What? At least compared to the division. The NL Central is there for their taking. Right. But like as we've discussed, nobody other than really, you know, I mean, the Dodgers outdid everyone, the Yankees. But, I mean, yeah, they had a good off. They had a good off season considering. All right, how about your guys, Meller? Never mind. The Padres are our owner. Died. That's right. Yeah, the Padres. You're like my. Kids That's the lamest. Now. Yeah, you're like what? <laughs> my nine and seven year old. Our owner died, so I don't know if uh... is Tom going to join you on this uh, Padres? Have you been trying to, to get him on? No. Why has he been talking? Well, yeah, he said he's the Friars. Who is Carm? Carm. He's oh, been is looking he's for a Padre ML- guy. He's been looking for another MLB team. A secondary team or to replace his first team? Well, I think team. he's thinking about replacing his well, first why team. He, why doesn't he just he go back to the Cubs? That. that was his, his team from the beginning. His first love. His first love he was, love was the Cubs. He's almost a 50-year-old man. He can't switch. Listen, if I had to pick, I would take the Dodgers. Well, they'd be yeah, they'd yeah, they'd for they'd a winner. front run. But you are like a nine-year-old kid, so go ahead and do it, Mallor. All right. I'm embracing the Dodgers. I'm getting myself an Otani jersey. Yamamoto makes his debut tomorrow. That's right, Yamamoto too. Yeah, three hundred twenty-five million. Uh, so is Otani. Otani's making his debut tomorrow. Don't forget about Tyler, right. Tyler Glass now, right here on our airways too. All right. All right, let's let's get to the good, the bad, the dirty. That's coming up next. Then we'll cross talk with Black and Abdallah.